Israel this day, let it be known yes, that steady, thou steady. art God, and that I am thy servant, Lord God of Abraham. Hear, O oh, hear me, Lord, and answer me. Stick to me own line, but that's where you ought to be. Well, so long, chum. So long, and good luck. The same to you. Hello, welcome to Movie Umpers. My name is Bob Sham. I am Angela. And this sounds here may be dogs. It's uh, we bid farewell to Mr. Paul Robeson this month. And uh, I also had you watch a half-hour documentary, which is also available on this Criterion set. Because this month's theme, Portraits of the Artist, was named for and inspired by this Criterion collection of Paul Robeson called Portraits of the Artist. Of course, we're talking about two leading... We talked all month long about two leading black men Mm -hmm. on both ends of the spectrum of film history. And Paul Robeson has been our... Classic choices. And I have fallen in love with him. And even more so after the documentary, he... Would you make love to him? You're going to need a flashlight and a shovel. I was going to say, gonna do it he's now. dead. Yeah. The documentary, I think, is called <laughs> Triumph of the Artist. It's not Oh, right, 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 right. Sure. But it's on Max, so watch it. It's only a half hour long. Yeah, it's 30 minutes. And it's a lot of information. Like, it's really it's really totally well, um, beautifully narrated by Sidney Poitier. It's very good. Now, Paul Robeson, big labor organizer, big yep. workers' rights guy. He spent a lot of time in the old Soviet Union. Now, there's a point in Hollywood history where... Being like a socialist or a communist or identifying with those ideologies was maybe a more casual experience, though the governments were always a little paranoid of the Soviet Union, even going into World War II, even though they were technically our allies. It, there was a lot in early Hollywood that seemed to toy with the ideas because they became very popular over those that span of time, especially coming out of the fucking Great Depression when, like, there's so much systemic failure and a lot mm-hmm. of the dust bowl and shit like that. That kind of living makes you think like, ooh, we could really use some kind of a social safety net. 
old Paul Robeson, he, um, well, as you could imagine, a guy who's openly um, into socialism, an open socialist. Of course, he broke out singing uh, Old Man River, which mm-hmm. apparently that song was written for him. Yeah. And he changed. Makes sense. And he would change the lyrics over time to a, to appeal to his political and social standards. Or even what was happening even to him. Because by the end, he's singing about, I will fight until I die. And that performance in the James Well movie was that blasted him, right? Mm-hmm. He would do global concerts, mm-hmm. did very well. But and- it was all so that he could speak about what he believed in. He wouldn't perform just a concert for the heck of it. When he would go to like St. Petersburg or Moscow in the Soviet Union, they treated him like a king. And he spoke about like how um, unracist they were. But at the same time, he was also a global celebrity. Part of his thing was he was talking about how things are in the U.S. And there's a point at the end of the documentary where he's speaking and he says, you know, I'm very glad that we have now like desegregated schools and you know all these things are like changing and happening it's my understanding that this like global opinion of america was a big part of making these changes like these changes starting happening and i'm glad to have been part of that because he was going to other countries talking about what was happening in america and they took his fucking passport away because they saw him as some sort of threat he wasn't going over lying he was in. He went to Rutgers. Was on a championship football team. They erased him. They did what we always talk about Stalin doing. Yeah, like they literally did that to him. I wonder if I, they've had to have put him back in by now. Right? I don't know. I don't they, know. Well, because this documentary is old. This documentary is old. Sure, but the documentary said at least at the time of the documentary, like his the team that he was on is the only team that's only lists ten players. Yeah. Because he was a champion. He was the eleventh. He the was biggest, the eleventh. The biggest fucker on the team. Yeah, well. you know they. You know, <laughs> you know he was MVP. It's preposterous. You they um. I, I know. Yeah, um, they just tried to erase him. Of course, he openly went to communist countries and shit. You know, I don't know exactly how Jackie Robinson felt because they kind of American public kind of pushed Jackie Robinson into the forefront to kind of represent this black view that countered Robeson's view. Mm. And it's hard to say where Jackie Robinson was. Maybe it was kind of like a mid-20th century black celebrity version of the Booker T. Washington, W.E.B. Du Bois debate. At the same time, you could imagine all this pressure Jackie Robinson is in. He's surrounded by all of these white people. He represented the desegregation of that sport. But it wasn't until... It's not until... All colors can be as mediocre as the white guys when it's truly desegregated, right? Absolutely. So he's got this, you know, all these white people around him just demanding he be the good black man that represents their values. So it's just hard to say. I, I haven't seen that Jackie Robinson movie. I wonder if that touches base on that. Mm-hmm. But but an interesting little thing I read about. Robeson then, he was 10 years he couldn't leave this country. He couldn't even go into Canada. Yeah, you and, figured they'd want him out of the country. Well, no, because they thought he was bigger threat abroad. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess at they the time, right. and if they didn't put him on television and they didn't put him on the radio, they can kind of keep him squashed for the rest of the world at the time. Now it would be impossible. He could just go online. But yeah. at the time, you could kind of you could kind of bury someone. But what he did for that 10 years is he focused all of his attention on making things better. 
I think the short documentary, just go watch it. Yeah. It's essentially about erasure. He was buried, and he's someone that deserves to be known a lot more about. And he's controversial on multiple levels, especially from in a very uh, jingoistic uh, Western point of view. He's yeah. certainly going to remain. This man would have been beyond his peers even today. No doubt about it. But go check that uh, documentary out. It's only a half hour long on Mac. Triumph of the Artist, Paul Robeson. But Paul Robeson said that of all the movies that he had made, The Proud Valley was his favorite from 1940, directed by Penn Tennessee. And he said that because he felt like The Proud Valley was, of all the films he did, the one that represented uh, workers and labor in a respected and honorable light. And apparently this movie might have been attempted to be blacklisted at the time by some British government. He's going to the Soviet Union and being like, Americans do not want a big war against you, you know, trying mm-hmm. to kind of assuage and trying to, he's arguing for peace more yeah, than anything. Yeah, absolutely. But, peace and equality. But, you know, England's still very paranoid about Russia. And so many wanted to blacklist him. If this were somehow before the war broke out or that this movie was kind of almost set to be a very much a socialist kind of movie. Mm. And you kind of get that vibe. But as we, we got it from this point on as a movie that's taken, that's made right during the war, essentially. Absolutely. They're talking about Hitler. You do get that socialist undertone, but it's not overt. It could no. be kind of, um, it's just about anybody can kind of respect a worker to some degree, right? Well, and, you know, like you said, it does, it does show the workers in a very good light. But they do also have those debates within the movie of people who think that they're somehow less than. Yeah. Because they are do they're minors and they're doing this mine work and this woman doesn't want her daughter to marry. They have to march towards the owners of all these mines. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah. Because no one will respond to their letters. There is labor organization in this mm-hmm. movie, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But we're talking about the proud valley yes. yes good also starring well it starts paul robeson edward chapman and edward rigby and simon lack um edward chapman plays the guy he uh meets when he arrives into the town and edward rigby is the 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 hobo guy that sings bad songs okay on the streets yeah at the beginning of the movie he jumps on a train and he meets this little guy you know played by edward rigby who says that he is always on this train. You shouldn't have known I would be on this train because he basically lands on him. And he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry, dude. He's like, I'm just I'm just looking for work. And he had been on a boat, I guess, a ship, and he got out in South Wales. And so he's, like, looking for somewhere to go. And the guy tells him, well, you know, this train ends in this little mining town. But I have a way to get money. I pick a well-known tune and I murder it. Now, listen and when your friends desert you at the time of your downfall, you'll find that your mother is the best friend of them all. Surely the people in these valleys won't stand for that noise. Why, this is one of my best districts. The more you hurt them, the quicker they pay you to go away. So you can do this with me, right? And so they start going through the town and they're singing badly. That's how it begins. So then he's in that town and the minor guys have a choir and they're singing a song 
and their soloist is not there. And when it gets to the solo part from this road, he just starts singing that part. And the director who's like the the patriarch of the family that we get to know in this movie, he's also the director of the choir. And he hears him and he's so excited and he doesn't want, he's like, let's keep going. So they basically finish out this whole song with Paul Robeson on the street. The second it's over, he runs to him and he's like, was that you? And of course the song is great. Amazing. Combined. And, Amazing. And if my number one criticism of, the, of this movie mm-hmm. is that we don't have like five more scenes just like this. I know. That we get a little more singing in the minds. And then we get the performance. The, the Yeah. At the end. But the singing kind of lowers. And there's, they're singing when they're like organizing and marching. But it feels just more like transitional. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I never wanted this something to be a musical. Almost a pure musical. So much of my life really is when I was sitting here watching The Proud Valley. He's a great singer. Mm -hmm. Every moment he's singing, that's what's so nice about that short doc is that it goes through him singing. So you, it does kind of scratch that itch, even if it doesn't sit through the entirety of all the scenes. But yes, there there are performances here that are really good vocal performances, and the movie is concentrating on these workers and labor organization, but. Come on, we couldn't have just had a, like some more choir scenes in here. Like, I know. come on, I really was. Well, itch- it really left you wanting more. I know, and you know, we the reason that we don't have as many actual choir scenes in this movie, the music is more about building hope. Yeah, the it's music their, is more about like when they're when they're depressed, they sing even in the mine. It's how they keep their spirits up. Absolutely, and. This man, this choir director, he just like takes Paul into his home. His his wife doesn't want him at first, but it's not because he's the only black man in town. It's right. because they don't have room or money. What you talking about? Where with us? I'd like to know. We'll find room for him somewhere. Somewhere. Dick Parry. Hmm? Have you forgot that we have five children of our own sleeping in this house? No. Well, well, I don't know what to make of you. Oh, come now, ma'am. Think what it'll mean to the choir. You and your old choir. Why don't you bring all the members of your choir to sleep here? Make a barracks of my house and I've done with it. Oh, come now, lovely. Don't think you can get over me this time with your own nonsense. Oh, come now, lovely. Let me go. Listen. Too much I have listened to you. You know, and she's worried about being able to feed someone. And Paul's like, if you get me a job, I will pay. Like, and, you know, her son wants to get married. So he becomes a lodger and... He, we do experience racism when he's going into work. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to go down in the mines, and this one guy's like, I don't really get the seniority thing, but he's talking about, like, the choir director pulled seniority and, I guess, making him the soloist. Yeah, because this guy like, just wandered into the town. But then they give examples giving him a job. of everyone pulling the family card or the nepotism Absolutely. card. Absolutely. And then one of them goes, we're all black down in the mines. Yeah. Anyway... But Paul gets upset by that, understandably. He is, and like, mad for, like, five minutes. He is, until they he get holds down that anger. in the mine, and he's still upset. And the guy's like, I know, we need to sing. He tells Paul, he's like, start a song. And he starts singing, and he still doesn't like it. But then the other men voices come in. Back to work with no repining all through the night. Overhead the stars are shining All through the night they're singing Dream 
in that moment, even though that man up there was being like an asshole and trying to exclude him. Down like, there, it's a brotherhood. People. It's a brotherhood, yes. So, so, And he is a very big part of it. So they're working in the mines, and then something terrible happens. A guy's pocket, some flames. And uh, this whole... Like, probably like a third of the choir is, dies, right? Essentially. Yeah, and Paul... And then Paul, he brings out the, the uh, Edward... He walks through the fire. Brings Dick Perry, is played by Edward Chapman. He's holding them, but it's too late and he dies. One thing that bugged, made me so sad about this movie is that, you know, we get the, the hobo character actors played by Ed, Edward Rigby... You know, he's separated from his buddy that he meets, so he want, he walks off singing his terrible songs, because that's how he makes money. People pay him to go away. But it's also a song about being on your own again and your friend leaving you. But we lose this great character actor early on, and then Edward Chapman, also a really good character actor, and then he dies. Simon Lack, who plays Emlyn Perry, mm-hmm. he's I. He did an okay job. He's I mean, high. he was fine. But yeah, the, the fact... The father made such a strong impression that it is crazy he to think really about good. he's only in a third of the movie. He, is, that, he established the moral compass for the household absolutely. moving forward. Yes. And the moral compass of Robeson because after he dies, after, uh, oh, his character's name is David Goliath. Yeah, David Goliath. <laughs> in these British movies, it's like, what do we name the black character? Just take uh, two biblical character names and uh, just put them together. David Goliath. He doesn't leave the family. He's trying to contribute to their he household. He feels responsibility. While things are tough because the mines have shut down since yeah, this so, incident. So they're just picking scrap heaps and shit. And this is another thing that I really liked. And I, I think it speaks to, to Paul's sentiment of this this really like shown them in a positive light is that these men are on the dole and they don't fucking want to be. Yeah. They want to work. They're not just like, oh, I'm just going to go get my check and go fuck off. Like, all day long, they're picking this heap, trying to find coal. Like, There's, they're they're doing everything that they can. Emlyn's writing letter after letter to the owners of the mine, being like, we want to try to reopen. We'll go down there ourselves and see if we can get through it. It's the only thing to do in this Welsh town. Yeah, but, they're, but none of them... But you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, they're on government assistance, and so they're just happy to be that way. That's not the case. Yeah, yeah. And 99% of the time, that's not the case. People don't want to do that if they don't have to. Now, it should be there what if people, you need it. What people want is dignity. Exactly. Exactly. That's, and if a job's not going to provide it for them, they're not going to respect it. That's just yeah. the case. Imlin's ready to give up because the whole thing is, is he'd been going to school and he'd gotten the certificate so he could be a manager at the mine. Or something, and but but that was right like the same day that the terrible thing happened. Yeah, his father he, passed. He's trying to get married, and there's all this stuff going on, and so he's ready to give up. And David Goliath goes and talks to his girlfriend, and basically tells her like, "You got to go tell him." He basically manipulates a little bit to get her to go tell him that I want to be with you. Let him hit that shit. I mean, That's there's one part where they talk about they they're kind of there's like a cute thing at the beginning where they're flirty. And he's talking about more than kissing or something. And she's like, well, you'll find out when we get married. This movie does have a kind of a, a vibe of magical black man comes and helps the white town. I think it's, yeah. a, more, it's a little more obvious in America when mm-hmm. they do it. Because mm-hmm. you can have multiple, you can actually have more than one black person make sense yeah. in an American movie. A movie set in Wales, you kind of, 
it kind of makes a little more sense. There's not going to be a bunch of black people hanging This around. is true. So five men, David and Emlyn, and three other guys start out to walk the 270-something miles yeah. to London. Way so, more than Oliver Twist did. Yeah, way more. They struggle, but they make it, and they start singing for money at some point. And they get there, but when they get there, David's like, y'all go in and talk to the men. Yeah. I'm going to sit out here. You've got this. He's like, no, they're probably racist, so go in there and very, just yeah. argue on behalf. And they're open to doing it, but to it's, but it's dangerous in the mines and the gas pockets got to be sealed. But so, because the war is about to happen, they're like, we need the coal. So if yeah. we can reopen, it's worth it. But they have kind of a quota, right? Like several tons that they got to figure out how to get out of this mine to get their jobs going and moving again and getting this yes. gas pocket sealed up. Yeah, and there's a man in the room who actually is like a specialist of mines or something, and he's like, I will personally come with you to your town and lead this expedition and to so, reopen. And so they do. They go into this mine, and it's quite dangerous. Like, they're pretty good at playing up the drama of the mine. And at one point, they encounter a gas pocket behind a closed door, and then and then a collapse occurs. And it's kind of a drawn-out collapse. It does look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like the way they, the, the sense of impending danger, it is pretty well done. Even if we're well done with the, the, uh, harmonized singing that you want so bad by this point of the movie, yeah. uh, we do get a little convincing danger here. And so, uh, a few of these men, including, uh, David and, um, Emlyn are trapped in this rock and it's pretty solid and they have enough line to set one explosive, but they're going to have to, Hide behind this rock face, but the line's not very long, which means whoever, they're going to die in an hour. They're going to run out of oxygen. So whoever sets the detonator on that line, because it's just so short, is essentially forced to sacrifice their life. And they try to do like a, they put a rock in one hand and they do kind of like a drawing to see who it's going to be. And it's going to be Imlin. And before they even draw with Imlin, David's already like, no, no, I will do it. Yeah. And then Imlin's trying to be strong and he's like, no, it's me. I've got to do it. You know, tell my mom this and this and this. And David's like, David actually ends up punching him to knock him out because yeah. they're so weak already. So, because they're, like you said, they're running out of oxygen. And so he punches him and puts him around the corner. All the best, son. And then he goes and pushes it. And, and sacrifices, himself sacrifices himself to himself. save those boys. So it is like an ultimate act of heroism. Um, the, the art of the, we've, we're down to one last Robeson this week, which is this one and one last, uh, Den, Mr. Denzel movie. Mm-hmm. And, but our little theme of this week is the artists of the people. So, mm. so, uh, you definitely, um, this, movie about the dignity the heroism of laborers uh is definitely in paul robeson's wheelhouse we do get one more song at the end and we do hear his voice but he has passed yeah so yeah sad one um i feel like the things that um my biggest criticisms of this particular movie are just that we didn't get enough of certain elements within it Mm -hmm. i can't really complain much about the rest of it. Story-wise, uh, I thought it was very good. Yeah, yeah. I, you get the point of the movie. You get what it's trying to say. 
and uh and it's just, and the point of it is not something you get see that often of course Paul Robeson is ultra charismatic. Absolutely. The young love characters, that was the least interesting part to me. Definitely. Like you said, Imlin was just fine. His little girl was just fine. Simon Lack, he didn't have the chops compared to some of to the other stars in the movie. I mean, he did fine. He just seemed very like straightforward, like a very plain type guy compared to the uh Paul Robeson and um, yeah. Edward Chapman. It's and like guys he like learned that. his lines and then just went in and was himself or something. Yes. Which you know, some people can do that. Yeah, I mean that someone's gotta be the Drew Barrymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. And that was uh uh Simon Lack. <laughs> this was a really good movie though. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there there is a rarity to it and I think it with these last couple of uh, Robeson movies, I think it does help um, to understand the story surrounding it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to understand the the lead man himself. Yep. Sometimes, you know, I'll read. Often, we'll talk. We'll watch these movies, and then before we discuss them, I do some very surface reading, right? Mm-hmm. Production notes. Maybe if I can find a nice article, and sometimes it will change my outlook of the movie. Not extremely most of the time, but like getting a context as to what's behind this, if I can discover any meanings I didn't absolutely lean before. But I think, you know, we did properly study Robeson this month mm-hmm. with these selections. And I think this is my favorite movie of his that we've discussed personally. That's hard. I just really wanted more musical. I did too. I really, really wanted more musical, but I think I will give it a 3.75 i think that matches uh, my jericho score mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really but i would like edge this out by a point zero zero one or something i'm gonna match you i don't remember what i gave jericho but let's see where it falls it's a 7.5 jericho got a 7.75 jericho because oh, i think i gave jericho a four yeah, you you really like Jericho a lot. That's what I was having a hard time because I really did like Jericho. The musical balance in Jericho was better. So I think it, uh, though I will say the few musics we got in this one, just with the so harmonizing good. of the choir, was superior. Let's bump it up. I think they should be even. Well, who knows what could happen to the ratings of these movies in I the know, long run, right? I know. 7.75 for the Proud Valley Sharing the ranks with another Robeson feature, Jericho, and also movies like American Gangster, Four Lions, mm, and mm-hmm. Inside, Lewin Davis. Uh, these movies are at least as good as those movies. So that's it for our Paul Robeson. Uh, we're going to miss him. Who knows? He may pop up again. This uh, collection that we named our month's theme after. Anytime. Has a... Uh, you know, double the amount that we actually talked about, as well as some documentaries, including the half hour one tribute to the artist. I feel like we could do a whole other month with him and Denzel. Denzel. Well, there's a lot of topics, a lot of subjects, <laughs> no, a lot I of know. movies to behold. But it was a it was a good month. This one and next month is going to be women in crisis, all about women with issues, problems. Things that they're dealing with to a variety of degrees. Another subject that is challenging to whittle down. But, uh, yes, we're going to get, uh, we're going to encounter women in all kinds of trouble by the end of this week. So 
but stay tuned. We got one more Denzel, Mr. Denzel movie. And then, uh, a, um, we kick off our year of Von Trier, Lars Von Trier movies. By the end of the year, we will have discussed a dozen Lars Von Trier movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause you know, this election year is not going to be sad and, and depressing enough, is it? Right. We got to discuss a dozen Lars Von Trier movies before we get to the end of it all. Stay tuned for more. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Check the show notes for links to other places to find us. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, a correction, a fun fact. Do you have a favorite Paul Robeson story? I might, uh, I think at the end of this episode, I'm going to post a video of him singing to Scottish miners, mm. which uh, we saw in that short documentary. I thought it was a very sweet performance. Yeah. And we will say goodbye to Paul Robeson for now. I'm sure he will come up again mm-hmm. uh and uh is there any any last word you choose to say anything you want we love you I dreamed i saw joey last night alive as you and me says i but joel you're 10 years dead i never died says he I never died, says he. In Salt Lake City, Joe says I am standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I ain't dead, says Joe, but I And standing there as big as life And smiling with his eyes Says Joe what they can never kill Went on to organize Went on to organize I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night Alive as you and me Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he. I never died, says he. 